Not long ago, I had the opportunity to visit the Vietnam War Memorial in Washington, D.C., and pay my respects to those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. As I looked at name after name carved on the black marble wall, I found myself searching fruitlessly for the names of those friends, colleagues, and mentors who had died doing their jobs during the nine years I spent in Vietnam. I searched for their names, although I knew I wouldn't find them. Their names aren't chiseled into the Vietnam Memorial because that honor is reserved for soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen. The names of my comrades have a place in my heart instead. Terence Koo, Sam Kai Fei, Howard Tuckner, Craig Spence, Kyochi Sawada, Larry Burroughs, Henri Uet, Kent Potter, Keizaburo Shimamoto, Moonface, and many others. They were my comrades, and our war was on the battlefields next to the soldiers, encountering many of the same dangers and making many of the same sacrifices. They were journalists, television correspondents, cameramen, sound men, photographers, and many others. They didn't carry weapons, they carried pens, typewriters, film cameras, and microphones. They used these tools of their trade powered by intelligence, empathy, wit, and creativity to stand side by side with the troops and witness and record the war as it actually happened and to document the courage of the young men who fought it. In 1966, I came from Japan with a 16mm film camera, a dream of becoming a legendary war photographer like Robert Kappa, and no job. I was hired by ABC News and worked with the brave men and women who came to cover the war until the last helicopters lifted off from Saigon in 1975. I was hardly alone. Hundreds of journalists from dozens of countries would come to cover this war. Some were experienced journalists, well-known writers, respected historians, and legendary photographers. But most were inexperienced and unknown young men and women like me, who were driven by youthful enthusiasm and a determination to report the biggest story of their generation. None of us had been taught how to cover a war before we arrived. We had to learn the hard way. War took the place of journalism school, and battles were our classrooms. We were armored by the conviction of invincibility that is the hallmark of all young people, and we worked together, learned together, competed against each other, and built friendships that have endured for the rest of our lives. There was a wealth of stories to cover, and the veteran journalists, well-known experts, and experienced troops who stood by our side became our professors. Although tuition was free, and doing a tour in a war zone was, and still is, one of the fastest ways to succeed in our profession, a failure in these classes far too often meant terror, pain, and death. All of our bravery and courage was no shield against the cruel and random nature of war, and we all had to master the harsh truth that fear and sorrow would always be a constant companion. Vietnam was the first time that all of the television networks covered all of a war, and ABC's entire news division was only a few years old. Consequently, I had the opportunity to learn in the wide-open atmosphere of a young company, and I took full advantage. I tried to collect and keep everything—reporters' scripts, 
the caption sheets that told the producers and editors back in New York who the people were in the stories, the dope sheets that accompanied every reel of film, filled with details of when and where it was shot, the names of the correspondents and crew, the events we were covering, and even how many feet of film we'd used. In addition to collecting many of the telexes, memos, and letters from the time, I have spoken and written to my coworkers many times since the war to make sure that my memories are accurate. Thousands of personal accounts have been written about the Vietnam War, but very few about those who brought it home to America.